Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Doug Oster, Jessica Wallace, or Doug Everybody Gardens.com, of course, both from the Tribune Review. And we'd love to hear from you today with all of your gardening questions. Uh, early bird gets the worm. All of our lines are open, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDKRadio.com. You can text them on the Red Automotive Line, best deal in town. Tenth caller right now wins a $25 gift certificate for the folks at Sorgles, 412-922-1020. Here they are, Doug and Jess. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from EverybodyGardens.com and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Wallace. Later on today, we'll be talking trees with our friend Dick Till from Davy Tree, the Davy Tree Expert Company. What's going on in your garden after you came back from vacation? I've got baseball bat zucchini. <laughs> so needless to say, I'll be baking some zucchini bread this afternoon. And uh, my tomatoes have started Man, your tomatoes in. look good. I, I'm way behind. I don't know what's going on. You know, I made that pledge to do a better job with my tomatoes, and I improved that soil and planted early. I don't have anything close. Well, I'll tell you what. The cherry tomatoes are the only ones that are ready in the actual garden, but I've got five different container varieties that are short and compact and they're determinate varieties. And man, I've got one plant um, that is just it must have 20 little saladette-sized nice. tomatoes on it that are ripe. So I'll be having some something with tomatoes this afternoon, well, too. Well, uh, I know you'll be surprised, but I've been scouring the nurseries for deals. And I went to Not Han, surprised. I went to Han Nursery, and I bought every lily they had left that wasn't flowering anymore. Because I said, what would you do if I just give me a deal when I buy all of them? So I got 25 lilies. <laughs> That are in the green, you know, they're not going to bloom till next year, but I'm very excited about it because I got them for a deal and they are going to look so great next year. I'm really enjoying my lilies blooming right now. The Stargazers and Casablanca is pure white. Uh, the ones that I saved from Easter, they're blooming. So I just, I'm loving the lilies. Nice. And they are, uh, the ones that you got are Oriental lilies or Asiatic or what kind of uh, lilies? You name it. Oh, it's, a mixture. Yeah, good. it's just everything. Great. Like there are some Stargazers, Casablancas. I haven't even looked at all the names and everything, but it was such a good deal. And I just packed them all in my Mustang and drove home. <laughs> you might be the only Mustang driver with a box right, of lilies in right, the back. Right. And there are just so many deals. You know, I got a nice coos of dogwood. I got a, a nice fig bush for like 10 bucks. Uh, that hadn't leafed out, and now it's leafing out. So, great, great. Yeah. Well, I told you I got those cuttings from uh, our friend uh, Stephen Biggs, who is a fig growing expert up in Toronto, Canada, and I went to visit him this spring, and he gave me some um, cuttings of a fig variety called Desert King, and I was telling him, uh, kind of grumbling to him, that the fig that I have is very poor producing and pretty much which means none at all. And he said, oh, this is the one you want because it puts on that brebo crop, the very early first crop. So he gave me a cutting, and I cut that cutting into three cuttings, and I started them all in little tiny four-inch pots of soil. Before one of them even had roots or leaves, it has a fig on it. Oh, This wow. little tiny, I'll have to send you a picture, wow. stick of a cutting. <laughs> And it has a fig on it. And I thought, well, I guess I guess Desert King is the one to look for if you want a reliable producer. So pretty cool. All right, folks, you want to call in and talk to Doug and Jess, they'd love to hear from you. Uh, 866-391-1020, dollar bank, instant access, kdkradio.com. Doris from Cheswick, the winner of that gift certificate. 
from the good folks at Sorgos. Before we get to the phones, any other things? Yeah, uh, Saturday I'm going to be at Osterling's Lawn and Garden in Butler from 11 to 2 for their annual open house. Did it last year. Lots of good food and fun. Stop by and talk gardening. It is a very cool, old-fashioned lawn and garden center, and I love sitting there. I feel like I've been transported back. they got these seeds, big things of seeds up in jars and stuff. I just love the place. So next Saturday from 11 to 2, stop by and butler at Oysterling's Lawn and Garden. It's a lot of fun. Hey, here is Kay in the North Hills, who's been waiting patient to talk to Doug and Jess. Good morning, Kay. Welcome to Katie Kay Radio. Good morning. I, I have two questions. When you take the... The bottom leaves, the yellow spotted leaves off the tomato plants. Do you just pick them off, or do you cut them off? Do you? How do you do that? I pick them off. How do you do it, Jess? You, you could you could do it either way. Uh, is there a reason why you would hesitate to do one way or the I other? I don't know if just breaking them off and going from one plant to the other is going to spread it. Yeah, that is one thing that you always risk, whether you're using your hands or your piece of equipment. Those fungal spores, if it is a fungal pathogen that's causing those leaves to yellow, can easily spread from one plant to another. And that's sort of the nice thing about using a pair of pruners is that you could have uh, like a rubbing alcohol dip or uh, even a 10% bleach solution, sort of a cup of it out with you in the garden. When you move from plant to plant, you can just dip the blades of your clippers into that solution to disinfect them. Uh, a spray okay. of Lysol, like taking Lysol spray out with you and spraying both sides of the blade, that would help as well. Uh, okay. Yeah, or hand sanitizer. If you're going to use your hand, just use a little hand sanitizer from one plant oh. to the next. Okay. Okay. Have, okay, have you been seeing a lot of that in your tomato plants? It just, it just started, okay. and I need to get up there. All right. Yeah. That's a good that's And also, this, this is a bug question. There's an, a bug I've never seen. He, actually, he was up on my milkweed, but I, I saw him another place. He's about three-quarters of an inch long. He's, he's elongated. He's, he's a, he, almost, he has feet, so it's not a, a caterpillar, and he's mosaic. He's gold and orange, and he's really beautiful. I do think that the mosaic is... Um, I think that's his wings. How do you know it's a he? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because it's beautiful or something like What's that. What's the right? milkweed beetle look like? The, the yeah. Milkweed beetle. Well, the milkweed beetle doesn't have those colors that you describe. Um, you, you would you would the milkweed beetle is sort of a pinkish red with black spots on it. So well, definitely yeah. not that's that orange, mosaic. Orange and. Uh, Kind of orange this and is black. a mosaic. He's beautiful. So if it's sort of like a rainbowy colored, but th- no, he's gold and orange mosaic. He huh. don't I, don't know. That doesn't sound like any common insect that feeds feeds on milkweeds. There's a there's a group of insects that are specific to milkweeds, other than the oh. than the monarch, obviously. But it doesn't sound like one of those common species that would be feeding on the leaves of the milkweed. That's not to say it wouldn't be a pollinator. Um, so I'm not sure. The only thing I was thinking of is those longhorn flower beetles. Uh, they are elongated like you describe. Sometimes they can have really beautiful colors on them. Sometimes they can be like hot pink combined with yellow. So that would be something you might want to Google a longhorn flower beetle and see if that is uh, what you're looking at without a picture or, you know, a different yeah. type of description. A little hard to say what it would be. Yeah. That's the one I I'm thinking of. I didn't know seen anything like that. <laughs> I'm showing Jess a picture, one that I was thinking what it was. More you're thinking of a milkweed bug. It's a little early for milkweed bugs. 
Um, and they don't quite have the colors that she's describing on there. But yeah, if you can catch a picture of it and send us a picture, we can we can get a little bit of a better ID from that. Thanks, Kay. We're coming back with more of your calls next. Good morning. Up next for Doug and Jess, it's Mary Lou in Munhall. Hey, Mary Lou, good morning. Welcome to the Organic Gardeners on KDK Radio. Yeah, I have an, I have a question about milkweed also. I have flies all over my milkweed, and I don't know why, and I don't know what to do about them. Um, I wouldn't worry about them. Are they on the flowers or the foliage or a little bit of both? They're on. They're on everything. They look like Amityville Horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the flies on the side of the house. I, I, I got lucky this year, and they all grew. They're beautiful. They're three, four feet tall. I even have them tied up so they don't fall over. And all of a sudden, like a week ago, I start getting these flies. Oh, geez. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this uh, to start off with. Is, um, is your house haunted? <laughs> No, no, okay. we've been there All 20 right. years. Okay, good, okay. Well, oh we just goodness. wanted to get that out of the way. We can have, come over and have a garden seance, yeah. right? A garden uh, exorcism yeah, around I, your milkweed no. plant. There you go. No, there, there, flies, there aren't any flies that would really harm a milkweed plant in any way. Um, there is one type okay. of fly that uses monarch butterfly uh, caterpillars as a host for their young. It's called a tachinid fly, but they don't. Uh, come in groups like that. They would just be one here or there. Okay. So I think you probably just have a particularly large population of, of houseflies. This time of year, maybe there is, you know, a little mouse that died somewhere in the garden bed or something like that. Um, yeah. I really, yeah, I really wouldn't worry too much about it. I just chalk it up to a strange year for flies in and, your garden. And if you hear yeah. any, like, chains jangling or doors yeah. opening and closing <laughs> on their own, there might be another thing going on there. All right, 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank, Instant Access, kdkradio.com. Text us on the Right Automotive line, best deal in town. Here's Jerry in East Pittsburgh for Doug and Jess on the Organic Gardeners on KDK Radio. Hi, Jerry. Hi, how are you guys? Good, what's going on? Well, I was just wondering, I love the smell of the freesia plant, but I was wondering, I don't have any luck growing the bulbs up here. Can we grow them up here? You can, but they are a tender tropical bulb, so they're not winter hardy here. So you would actually plant them in the spring and then allow them to bloom that summer. And then you could dig the bulbs up and store them like you would store a dahlia tuber, you know, in a box of peat moss for the winter and then replant them in the spring. But you couldn't leave them outside year round. And what I found actually the best place to grow them up here is in containers. They do really, yeah, they do really well in pots, you know, planted in the spring and then just enjoy them for the season and either, you know, replace them the following spring or somehow. As easy to store as dahlias? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Just in a box of peat moss like that. You know, they, I would probably store them in a location that's a little bit warmer than where you would store your dahlias. Maybe more like 50 or uh, 45. I wouldn't go down into the 40s or even high 30s with those. Okay, they seem when they start to grow, they get real leggy, and then they just fall over. And Yeah, you do. have to stake them. You have to stake them because they're bred for oh. these big, beautiful flowers, which is lovely, except they're mm. not bred to have strong, sturdy stems. So you have to provide them some type of support. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you. It's just mm-hmm. like you. I need support. No, you're give, oh. su- giving me support. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's say hi to Barbara in South Park for Doug and Jess. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Good morning. It's raining. That's good, right? It's very (laughs) good. Hallelujah. Yeah. I do want to ask you about milkweed, but first of all, I want to say, I I, I picked the first tomato June 30th. Wow. Do you know what kind it was? It was, was, um, uh, it's called Early Treat. And wow. only, it's only three ounces, but still, I've been picking quite a few. In fact, I gave some away already. Um, plus, I have found that if I cut and, and I, I trim the um, the dead um, branches uh, off of the tomato plant, I end up getting sunburn on my tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So I prefer leaving the, the 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 ones that are browning off, even if you know. Um, but anyway, with the milkweed and the monarchs. Now last year I had monarchs. I have milkweed like it's everywhere in uh, regular milkweed, and I also have the um, milks. Um, yeah, the uh, the orange one, the mm-hmm. uh, milk milk. The butterflyweed. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I have not seen a monarch this year. Huh, we were just how talking. How long does it? Where where do they lay the eggs on the on the milkweed? And how long, if I would see an egg, how long would it take to, for it to to uh, mature? Great question. We were question. just just talking about monarchs before we came on, and I saw some monarch ca- caterpillars when I was out at a garden, and an adult monarch. But that's the only ones I've seen this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I was so disappointed. I thought because I planted your Mexican sunflowers this year, I have thirty plants. Great. Yeah, and I well, have not seen one better, one monarch. Well, the eggs are little white ovals that are usually attached to the bottom of the leaf. And sometimes, if you're willing to hang out in the garden for 15 minutes or so in the middle of the day when the adult monarchs are flying, you'll actually catch the females laying the eggs on the undersides of the leaves. Occasionally, they lay them on the top sides, but they really like the undersides where it's protected. And usually, the first sign of the caterpillars. It's sort of a little half moon shaped uh, cut or hole in the leaf. And they do that sort of arch shaped because it actually, they do that to sever the source of the sap, which actually has latex in it. And the latex can gum up their mouth when they're really little like that. And so they do this sort of arch shaped little hole in there to sever the latex flow to to where they're feeding. And that's usually the first sign. And when you see those, then you can flip the leaf over and see the little tiny baby caterpillars. I think we have a problem in our garden with wrens because the wrens like to eat those little baby caterpillars. So that can be a problem. Birds are really good for the garden because they eat pests, but then they could also eat the you know, the, the butterfly caterpillar. Indiscriminate too. could be a good or a That's bad right. bug. That is right. Now, is there any other uh, other uh, insect that would put a little hole in the, because the, uh, I did see some, but this was a couple weeks ago. I haven't really examined them yes. lately. Yes, so there are a couple of other insects that will feed exclusively on milkweed plants. Things like the milkweed tussock moth caterpillar, which is a fuzzy caterpillar that feeds on them. Uh, there's also a milkweed beetle and a milkweed leaf beetle. Um, and then there's the milkweed bug, but the milkweed bug only sucks the sap out of the seeds, and you'll find them clustered on the seed pods. But all of them have co-evolved with milkweed, just like the monarchs have. So, you know, it's not that they're destructive to the plants. The plants can handle a significant amount of uh, feeding on the foliage and the seed pods with no ill effect to the plant whatsoever. Just keep your eyes out for them, and I bet you'll spot them within the next couple of weeks. And if not, so. yeah, there's not much you can do about it. You I know, know I yeah. know, I feel bad. Uh, one other thing, has everyone had a terrific amount of Japanese beetles this year? Yeah, we've heard a lot of Japanese beetles. I mean, beetles they were stuff. so yep. bad. Yep. Um, 
and I hate you hate you can't really spray anything at this time of the year either. What 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 is it that we use on the soil? I can't remember because I uh, plant we have raspberries and yeah. I plan on putting. You can them. do the milky spore. Um, yes, or I like to use the uh, beneficial nematodes applied to the lawn. Okay. And they yeah, will help as well. I wrote a dendron one time. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thank Barbara. Thank you so much. Enjoyed talking to you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. Listen, here's what's going to be happening for the rest of today. Doug and Jess are going to hang out with us for about a half hour longer. And then we're going to open it up, folks, for a very special day after the Coons Cooking Hour. We're going to be talking ground meat recipes. Everybody's going to be over there in that Bowser Nissan studio for Heffron, Tillotson, Germani, and you. Actually going to have a live audience in there today. So looking forward to listening to that broadcast. Of course, a lot of things happening because the president is going to be in Helsinki tomorrow, business-wise, talking to Vladimir Putin. The trade wars and more. Jim Meredith, I'm sure, are going to be hitting on all of those points during his morning commentary. Son Jamie will be along as well, co-hosting, and also the second hour with the the advisor segment. So you're going to be able to join them for a special studio audience live in the Bowser Nissan studio today. Hepburn Tillotson, your money and you. And then it's going to be the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show. Big story today begins at 10 o'clock our time. It is going to be the World Cup, 21st World Cup championship on the line. It is going to be France and Croatia. Yesterday in the consolation match, it was Belgium over England. So lots of stuff to still get to today. We're going to be with you until 1 o'clock this afternoon. Glad you could join us. We'll take a short break. We'll come back. Dick Till, Davey Tree is going to stop by. So ladies and gentlemen, this is KDK Radio and your weekend magazine. Good morning. All right, listen, ladies and gentlemen, what do you say we uh, start the uh, half hour off before we get to uh, Talking Trees with Dick Till and offer someone a wonderful $25 gift certificate to Janoski's in Clinton, getting ready for their big wine event July 21st, this coming Saturday. If you are the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, and Doug has a few things before we officially welcome Dick Till. That's right. I'm going to be out at Osterling's Lawn and Garden. That's next Saturday in Butler from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. for their annual open house. Lots of great food and lots of fun there. Stop by. We'll talk gardening, answer garden questions. It's a very cool, old-fashioned style lawn and garden place. All about service. It's a. It's just a fun place, that's for sure. All right, so what are we going to be discussing with Mr. Till here in just a matter of moments? Some of the things that are piquing your interest before we hit the official introduction. You know, one thing we really want to talk about, Jess, we had questions about was that we're seeing a lot of trees just falling down on their own. Yeah, and I did want to, we shot a little video for Rob's Facebook page with uh, the arborist Dick Till from Davy Tree, who's going to join us in a moment here. And, and we were we were talking about that. So that's a question that's on my mind because I feel like I've seen a lot of down trees lately and I want to know what's up with that. We are with Dick Till from the Davy Tree Expert Company. And we're, before we get to those down trees, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about storm damage. And it's the perfect day, right, Dick? Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. what happened at your place? Yeah, my electricity is out, and uh, there's trees and branches down everywhere. When these heavy storms come whipping in, the wind comes in front of it, or even during the rain. And um, if you got dead branches, they're coming down, uh, weakly attached branches, a lot of things, branches that are diseased. So were your trees prepared properly for a storm coming? Mine were, but uh, my, <laughs> my neighbors weren't, and all the ones going down the road weren't. But uh, So basically the, take off any dead wood. What else do we do to prepare just in case, because we know there's going to be summer storms. Right. Yeah, if you have them maintained and pruned and thinned properly, uh, that allows the wind to blow through the branches instead of against it like a sail. 
And uh, right now the ground is still pretty saturated from all the rain. I think we're nine inches ahead of where we usually are this time of year. Yeah, so Jess has a question about saturated uh, soil under trees. So when we have that real soft soil in the spring when there's no leaves on the trees, you don't have as many trees falling over, right? Right. The deciduous trees anyway. Okay. You know, when there's no leaves, you know, the wind blows right through the branches. But that's when you see the spruce trees and the pine trees laying over. And they're usually more shallow-rooted than the deciduous trees anyway. But then in the summertime, when the, the deciduous trees are all in leaf, it's sort of like a big wind sail, right? And right. It, that's when you see them falling over. So that's where that thinning right. can help. Yeah. When's the best time to do that, though? When's the best time to really go? Is that in the winter when it's dormant that you want to do that? Most trees you can do any time of year. But oak trees, elm trees um, that are susceptible to the... Uh, wilt diseases you want to wait until they're dormant um, and actually when they're dormant is a good time to do any kind of pruning because when the trees start to grow in the springtime uh, it'll callus over those wounds a little quicker in the springtime it'll start to callus over anyway. so if we do have some storm damage and we look up and we see some damage to the tree what's next for us well it's gonna gotta evaluate you know if, if a branch is broken and hung up hung up in there you want to get it out of there before it falls on somebody. Um, you always got to watch the power lines if they're hanging over the power lines. Um, and the best thing to do, just keep an eye on the tree, have the trees inspected. Because a lot of times it could be a, a cavity or a root rot. You know, if you see mushrooms growing around the base, that's a real weak tree. It's be more susceptible to wind throw. Um, just have them evaluated and to make sure they look good. And is not something that the average homeowner, if there's a big thick branch up in there, they shouldn't climb up in the tree. <laughs> you see this all the time with the chainsaw on a ladder. Yeah. And I mean, that is just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, call That is a classic example of when to call in the experts. Right. So dangerous. Big no-no. Yeah, you got to know what you're doing. And, you know, the guys are all safetyed out, even with the hard hats and glasses. And like I said, Joe Homeowner, most of them shouldn't even be running a chainsaw anyway, especially on a ladder. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be. Right. <laughs> uh, so with all the extra rain, in one way that's been bad because, you know, we get soft soil, but in other ways? Yeah, it's good. I mean, everything's grown like crazy, and we did have kind of a late spring. You know, we were still getting snow in April, and everything was kind of late coming out. And when it came out, I mean, all the new plants are putting on tons of new growth. But then you got to watch that, too. All that extra new growth is catching the wind also. And, you know, even if trees are healthy, we get some of these crazy winds that are whipping around in, you know, different directions. Uh, even healthy trees can get damaged. So Dutch elm disease has been rampant this year, right? Yeah. And it always seems like when you have a lot of rain and moisture and all the different fungi I love, warm weather and moisture and We've been seeing a lot of Dutch elm disease this year. I mean, are there new types of elms that you that are resistant or not? Yeah, there's some hybrid elms that are fairly resistant. Um, and I know also um, when we had talked to, I think, Todd Shabandi a couple of weeks ago about this, and I've been seeing even more of it since we had that conversation, fire blight mm-hmm. on the pears, which is where sort of the top maybe foot of the new growth sort of turns black yep. on the tree. A lot of that too, huh? Yeah, you'll see the tips called a shepherd's crook when the tops are dead and they start to bend over. But, yeah, any fruit trees, we're seeing it a lot on apple trees and crab apples also. Mm-hmm. But those ornamental pears, they, they get that 
fire blight all the time. And, and that's that's a bad disease. Yeah. What do we do if we get fire, if we know for sure it's fire blight? Just prune it out. You have to cut it. It's supposed to be at least 6 or 12 inches below where the infection is. Once a tree has fire blight, will it always have fire blight, or can it re- can it recover? No, it just depends on the weather again. You know, when we have this humid and rainy weather, the fungi and bacteria just go crazy. And then what they prune off, they should throw away in the garbage, right, or burn. Right, right. Don't just leave it lay there because then that can you right. know, spread yeah, the disease. What we call sanitation pruning. Yeah, get it away and, like you said, burn it or put it in a plastic bag and get rid of it. All right, Dick, stick around in case we've got any tree questions. For more information about Davy Tree or ask what's going on with your trees, go to www.davy.com slash KDK. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Coming up next segment, we're going to talk to Joan in Robinson. She has a tree question. And also we'll tell you about Doug's appearance at Osterling's Lawn and Garden coming to Butler this coming Saturday. All of that next on KDK Radio. Good morning. Osterlings. Yeah, one quick uh, plug for my uh, appearance. Next Saturday, 11 to 2, Osterling, Osterlings Lawn and Garden in Butler, their annual open house. It's a lot of fun. Stop by. Got a tree question for us? I, I have more than one tree question for you, but let's begin with Joan in Robinson. Hey, Joan, how you doing? Welcome to KDK Radio. Good. Thank you very much. I've had a maple tree for 40 years that I've lived here, and this year it dropped no seeds, not one. Why? Mm, well, it was probably the late frosts and freezes we had uh, when the flowers get frosted, then it kind of sterilizes them, and you're actually kind of lucky because a lot of those helicopter seeds can be a pain to clean them up. You get lots more maples from them. Yeah. Is that weeding? Yeah, <laughs> I I also wondered too, Dick, uh, because it was so cold and we had that sort of April snow. Would that if, uh, uh, maples are pollinated by bees, right? Would that or are they? I think they are. Well, it's usually windborne. You know, the male flowers. Okay, so they're a wind pollinator. So the pre- lack of bees this spring because of the cool weather wouldn't really yeah. affect those like it would some other trees. Right, right. Okay. Just mainly the weather that yeah. did that. I would I would always be grateful when the one in our, that we used to have in our front yard didn't set a lot of seeds because it's so many little seedlings yeah. to weed out. <laughs> Especially yeah. big old silver maples. They can yeah. produce a ton of but seeds. But they'll probably be back next year, Joan. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Trees probably still. I'll be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Jim. All right. Another tree question. This is Tom in Butler. Tom, welcome to KDK Radio. How are you? Oh, good morning, gentlemen. Hey, uh, David, I wanted to ask you a question. I, I uh, Two weeks ago, around 5 o'clock in the evening, I, we had a lightning bolt hit real close to the house, and I think it hit our white paper birch out in front of our house, and it came. What happened, it appears, that the lightning came down the tree, uh, blew the mud off the roots, in one area and came out of our sidewalk and blew a hole in the sidewalk. And uh, now I notice the tree, the tree's dropping leaves really bad. It's dropped, it's just like fall. Yeah. I'm wondering, you think it survived it or? Uh, it doesn't sound good. Are the leaves <laughs> leaves turning brown and falling off? Yeah, they are. Now that birch, as you probably know, it always does drop leaves. It starts to drop leaves right. early in the, right, in, right. In, the, in the summer. But it just came on so sudden. It's not an obvious. It's not split, or uh, it did t- knock some of the the, bar- the paper off the bark. Right, right. Up the up the main trunk. 
Yeah, but but, I, I mean, I don't see a split or a, an obvious place where it really hit. Yeah, a lot of but, times uh, the, the softer trees, like a birch or a silver maple or, and so forth, uh, even if they're wet, you know, was it raining when that happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because then a lot of times that'll help conduct the electricity down on the outside of the trunk, whereas a lot of uh, harder trees like an oak or a hickory, especially if they're dry, when they get hit with lightning, all the moisture in yeah. the tree turns to steam in a split second, and then mm. that's what blows them apart. But uh, yeah. yeah, it sounds like your birch kind of got cooked there. I wouldn't take it down, though, right? <clears throat> like, he should yeah. wait and see, because just because that happened doesn't necessarily mean it's going to for sure die, right. right? Is it How big of a tree is this? Oh, it's big. It's 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 you it's been there oh thirty years. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a beauty too and I hate to lose it but So can you wait it out? Take, yeah. Just kinda yeah, wait. I'm gonna wait it out and see what happens. But I'm, uh it's dropping them. it just looks like fall out there, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and, uh, have an arborist check it out and you know, give you an evaluation on it. But yeah, don't do anything okay. drastic yet. I mean the Davy tree guys will come out for free, right? Yep. Yeah. If you give Davey a call, 855-982-TREE, they'll come out and take a look at it and let you know what the story is. Okay, maybe I could do that. All right. Okay. Thanks for your call. Thanks thanks so much. All right, we've got two minutes left. Let's take uh, Marie in Penn Hills for Doug and Jess and Dick Till from Davey Trees on KDK Radio. Hi, Marie. Good morning. Good morning. I bought a Coryopsis plant about a month ago, and unfortunately, I didn't get it into the ground quick enough, and it died. And so I was wondering, you know, the, the flowers died. Can I take those flowers off and dry the seeds out and plant them in the fall, or should I just throw the whole thing away? Well, it depends on what variety it is. I mean, you can try to save those seeds. Some of the newer varieties, the seeds are actually sterile, and so they won't grow. Um, if it's a hybrid, the it, new it, one wouldn't come true. If it was me, I would put it right in the compost pile, go right back to the nursery, and get yourself a nice Coryopsis plant. Yeah, that would be my <laughs> sentiments as well. Yeah, okay, it would be I a lot of effort. The, I think the variety is it's a it's a yellow with like a brown face. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Arizona. Okay, yeah, yeah. I would uh, if the plant is completely dead all the way down. You know, you tip it out of the pot if the roots are not nice and white and crisp. The plant itself is dead, and I would go ahead and replace it. I mean, you could try the seeds, but it would be a lot and of work it, and if, several years till they bloom. If it makes you feel better, just figure, oh, something must have happened to it before you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Blame it on somebody else. Yes, is what that's, you're what, saying. I, that's yeah. what I do about everything that goes wrong in my garden. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll continue the blame game right after this, and uh, we'll give you a chance to, uh, well, wrap up the hour with us and then get ready for CBS Radio News. President, literally, uh, probably within the next hour, going to head to Helsinki for that meeting tomorrow with Vladimir Putin. We'll have much more on that throughout the day and right into tomorrow, KDK Radio News and CBS Radio News, top and the bottom of the hour. And then after the uh, Coombs Cooking Hour, Joe and Frank and I are going to talk favorite grill recipes in the way of ground meat, hamburgers, and more. We want you to stay tuned because we're going to have a live studio audience today in the Bowser Nissan Theater with Heffron Tillotson, Germany and you, Jim, Jamie, Meredith, and company. And then Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show at 11. Good morning. All right. Before we say goodbye, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Dick Till as always for being here. Mr. Till, always a pleasure. Come back again, okay? Thank you. All right, Doug, Jess, if you will, do the honors. Uh, Jess, you harvested your garlic, huh? I did. If you haven't... And how many different varieties? I think I have six or eight different I'm so, varieties so out there. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. They're, they're, they're beautiful. They were absolutely... I'm going to do a little a video year. of them and everything. Yeah.
Great year. Although I heard from a lot of other people that uh, because it was so wet, had trouble with their garlic. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be, you know, you got to put it in good soil. You got to have some good mulch on it. But how big were some of those heads? You oh, got some huge. This size, wow. if not a little bit bigger. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. And then some smaller ones, purple ones and pink ones. You're going to post some pictures? Because yeah, I saw I you will, some pictures. Yeah, I'm going to do, I shot a little video of digging too, so I'll have to post that as well. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.